Turn to John 11. If you have a Bible, we're closing off more life tonight. But man, more life is something that is engraved in our hearts. Just because the series stopped doesn't mean we stop inviting people. Just because the series stopped doesn't mean we, we don't want to see life and life abundantly everywhere we go. Just because we stop talking about it in the altar does not mean that we're not desperately seeking for life everywhere we go. You guys remember the flashlight moment we had a couple weeks ago and how sometimes it gets hard to be a light by ourselves. Be encouraged, y'all. God shines through you. He's working in you. He's doing more for you than you think he is. I remember the first time I heard that. I was like, what? Like, he's doing more for me than I think he is. Like, whatever you think God is doing for you, he's 10 steps ahead of you. Whenever you think you can't make it through, he has like five more trials ready for you to get through to make you a better person. God has so much in store for you. And because we stopped the sermon series, that doesn't mean we stop wanting more life. That doesn't mean we take off our goggles of vision and our goggles of a heart for the hurting. We keep those on. We stay vibrant. We stay we're going to stay evangelist. We're going to stay aggressive. Amen. Amen. They put me closer here on purpose, so I want to hear y'all louder. Come on, John 11. This is an amazing story. Uh, if you ever want to learn about Jesus, there's four books in the Bible you need to read consecutively. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if you ever want to know who Jesus is, who's the guy we're worshiping, the dude that split your history book in half, B.C. and A.D., who is this dude? The dude you see on TV, the dude you see on t-shirts, the dude that everyone loves. Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's four accounts, different parables, different stories, who he is. So get to know the Jesus we talk about. Jesus, once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. So this is what happened. Some dude just died. Not just any dude, but Jesus' homeboy just died. The thing is that they warned him. Before he died, they said, yo, your homeboy L, Lazarus, yo, Laz, he's sick. And you got to do something because you supposedly, you know, the Jesus, you're supposedly the son of God. You got to get over there and you're not where he's at. You're a couple miles and miles away. I need you to get to Laz because he's sick. And Jesus says, okay, waits two days, right? Takes his time. By the time he shows up, the dude's dead. And this is where we pick up. So Jesus deeply moved. He came to the tomb. And everyone's crying. Like, he just showed up to a funeral. Everyone's crying. They rolled the stone. Back in the day, they didn't dig you up. They put you in the tomb. And they put a huge stone in front of it. So that's what happened. And everyone's crying. Like, Laz was a really cool dude. Like, Laz is the dude that went prom king right, that all the girls really like secretly, and the, the dudes want to be secretly, Laz was cool with everybody, Laz was the, come on, somebody say, Laz was a homie, say it, Laz was the homie, four people, everybody, this time, come on, Laz was the homie, and he died, and everyone's tripping out, Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb, it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance, Jesus says these four words, take away the stone, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. So Lazarus' sister, Martha, we're painting a picture right now. This is a novella. By this time, there is a bad odor, for he had been there for four days. 
Some of y'all ain't showered in four days and you smell like cicote and bad rats. This man was dead for four days. Imagine what it smelled like. Don't I open that door. Don't do it. He's been here for four days. He's dead. Jesus says, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took the stone away. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Let's pray over the word tonight. Every head bow, every eye closed, just in reverence of what God's doing. I believe that every week we should come in and the Holy Spirit is breaking down our walls. I love what Jonathan said earlier. Sometimes we come into the house of God with some walls up, with some, some negotiations with Jesus. God, you know, I'm going to really start being Christian if you do this. I'm going to really start coming if you do that. We believe, man, as we come in, the Holy Spirit is breaking down our walls. Anything you have up against God, in 10 minutes, God can undo what's been done to you for 10 years. Break down your walls tonight. Jesus, we pray over the reading of the word, over the message tonight, God. We only believe in you. That's who we really believe in, God. The world is pulling us away from you, but God, we run to you closer. God, I pray for tonight that you take over, God. God, fill this place up with your presence. God, I pray my words fall right here at the floor, but your words pierce the hearts of your people. I'm never getting used to this. This is not something to get used to, God. This is, this is prom night every night when we come here. God, you are meeting us at the altar. I pray for every heart here, God. Soften our hearts. Every heart that's hardened, God, soften our hearts. Help us be more receptive to your word. And everyone says, amen and amen. Sorry, y'all got a little sentimental, man. But when I close my eyes in church, I could just, the Spirit's whispering. Amen. This is a true story. Like, what's going down with lies and Jesus and all these people, it's a true story. And I love how Jesus shows up with a mission. Like, he shows up fashionably late. Anybody like to be late? Anybody just show up late to all the parties? It starts at 7, you're there at 845, talking about, like, where the hors d'oeuvres at. Where my people at? Anybody late all the time? Who's always on time? Like, if it starts at 6, I'm there at 559, I'm walking in. I love you guys. I'm not you guys. I'm sorry. If you have me at a party, I'm there 15 minutes late at least. If I'm with my girlfriend, we're coming at the end. All right. That's how that's going. Jesus shows up so late, this man is already dead for four days, and he shows up with a mission. Y'all, he shows up with a mission. What's amazing to me is this. That Jesus, yeah, he was late, but in his mind, he was right on time. Like, he was dead. Lazarus was dead, but Jesus was like, I don't care because I have a mission, and I'm showing up late. Everyone's crying, but I have a mission. Man, what if we take that same perspective of Jesus into our schools? It's too late. My dad already touched me. It's too late. I already have five Fs. 
No, you're trying to talk about Jesus. It's too late. I'm already hooked on drugs. No, no, no. You're trying to come into my group. No, no. All we do is smoke and drink. All we do is smoke and drink. It's too late. But what if we walked into school with a mission? Like, listen, I don't care how far you are in drugs. I don't care how far you are in girls. I don't care how far you are in all in yourself. I came with a mission, and God can use me to bring some people to life. I love this. My first point tonight, death to Jesus isn't death. It's an opportunity. Jesus sees something that's dead, and it's not really dead. It's an opportunity. It's amazing. It blows me away. He can see something dead. We can see something dead. I love how everyone around the scene was just crying and weeping and crying and weeping. Somebody died. We should be all crying and weeping. But he shows up encouraged. He shows up bold. He's walking through the the stones and the dirt, and he's not dragging his feet with his head down, but he's walking in with a mission. Something can happen tonight because the Lord is with me. Man, what if we took that to our school buses? Man, something can happen in 15 minutes going to the to, to school because the Lord is with me. Man, something can happen with me in this McDonald's window. I don't know what's going on. But everybody that comes in, I'm going to say, God bless you. I'm going to say, have a good day because, listen, the Lord is with me. I'm about to go to Publix, and I know I keep my head down. I don't like seeing people I really know because that's awkward. Like, how do you start the conversation? But, listen, I'm going to go into Walgreens. I'm going to go to Publix with my head up, with my eyes open, with a mission because I believe that the Lord is walking with me everywhere that I go. I might be going to a house where nobody believes in Jesus, but man, I'm walking in with a mission because something can happen right here, right now. Man, we got to walk with a mission, y'all. Can you write that down if you're taking notes? Note takers go to heaven. That's a joke. Not really. I love what the world, because we mentioned the generosity. The world is like the Bible flipped upside down, right? Less is more, says the Bible. More is more, says the world. Get all the girls, all the money, all the fame, and you're doing it. And what do you find in all these people that get more and more and more? What do they want? More and more and more. And they actually end up more empty than when they were when they were actually in the come up. Start from the bottom. Now we're here, but they're still over there. You're here, but there's over there. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. There's always more. And I love how the world, honestly, the mindsets of the world just... It contradicts itself so much. Because even with fashion, like, nobody cares about what's going to be hot tomorrow. Everybody cares about what's hot today. And usually what's hot tomorrow was hot two weeks ago, but that's another message. That's another message. Some of y'all showing up like your grandma. What's up? (laughs) Grandma, you guys seen the, whatever. What was I saying? Y'all got me. The world is all about what's hot right now. Everything that is lit and fun and so sick, it is what's hot right now. But nobody really pays attention to what's going to be hot tomorrow. Nobody really looks at the potential. Who looks at potential? Nobody. That could be potentially cute if I wear that next week. Man, that hat is going to be cool, potentially, you know. But I want to buy what's hot right now. But the thing is that Jesus is completely contradicting what the world thinks is okay. Listen, God doesn't look at good people and say, okay, I'm going to chill with the good people. He goes to the bad people and say, listen, you got potential. You could actually move somewhere. And we can't walk around with the world mentality, with the heavenly world, with a heavenly kingdom inside our hearts. We'll end up clashing all the time. 
we'll always end up clashing. The world says keep everything. God says give everything away. There's a story in the Bible. Some dude comes up to Jesus like, yo, I got everything down. Is there anything I'm missing? He's like, yeah, all the Ten Commandments. He's like, I've been doing that since I was young. Jesus says, okay, get all of your possessions and give away to the poor. He takes two steps back. He takes two steps back. And he just walks off. Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, it is so hard for a rich man to make it to heaven. Because the thing is, we, we try to mix in the world's perspective with God's perspective, and it's never going to work. Listen, I want you to be encouraged tonight. When you see somebody that's alive, awesome. But go after the potential in somebody. When you look at someone who is the worst person in your school, look at the potential in that person. When you are in a group of people that you know are headed the wrong direction, don't walk away. Come on, you are called to be light, and light shines brightest where? In the dark. I love this. Our mission, you know what our mission is? Our mission is to go to dead people. Our mission is to show up to funerals with a mission, with a perspective. Like, God can do something amazing in this place. Do you guys believe that tonight? Come on, do y'all believe that tonight? You might be saying tonight, John, I don't know anyone who's dead. I don't really know anyone who's dead. And we talked about this two weeks ago when we started more life. And this is what we said. Without Jesus, life isn't really living. You guys remember that? Without Jesus, life isn't really living. So now we're at a crossroad. That very fact, it's a scary fact. Because it puts every believer in a crossroad. That life without Jesus is actually death. So now you have a responsibility. There is a fork in the road. And I want you to feel that division. I'm going to talk about it in a little bit. But man, when you understand the truth that without Jesus, you are dead. You are in a fork in the road, y'all. You can either communicate truth with love or just truth. Man, and this is the thing, like, you find out that Jesus is the only way to heaven, that could offend a lot of people. You know that? We don't go up to people telling them they're dead. Like, okay, life without Jesus is death. Man, we don't approach people telling them that they have a tombstone on their head. We don't do that. And we spoke about this two weeks ago, but I know we're just, we're closing it all off. We're not going to be the type of people that are holding up signs that are going to say, listen, repent or go to hell. That's not going to be me. I'm not going to do that. Because, yeah, that's the truth, but that's the truth without love. I'm not going to hold up a sign and say, listen, repent or you're going to hell. I'm not going to do that. Because you had a fork in the road and you have the responsibility to either communicate truth with love. And if it's not with love, don't communicate it at all. Because you're hurting people. Because you're hurting people. And they think you're arrogant. And you're trying to explain later that you love them. Love them first. And at a dinner table, let's talk about what's true. Man, we're not going to hold up a sign and say, you know what? If you, re if you don't repent, you're going to hell. And here's the thing. I love people that hold up those signs because I'm like, you missed it. You hold up a sign. And I'm getting so vulgar right now. And some of y'all probably did that in your life once. I've done it before. But man, we're at a fork in the road. And I want us to feel this fork. Because if we're going to be a different church, we got to communicate the, the gospel in the realest way possible. And not just because our parents said it that way or the great grand, a new way possible, the real way. We're at a fork in the road. And people say, yo, if you don't repent, you're going to hell. Man, yeah, that's true. But is that the right way? At the bottom line, you know what you're saying? 
repent so you can go to a place. Repent or you're going to hell. Repent so you can go to heaven. Those signs, that approach on preaching the gospel, that approach on telling people that without Jesus, there's no life, you're not talking about Jesus, you're talking about a place. You're not talking about Jesus. What are you talking about? A destination? So then you got people coming into church scared. Like, yo, hell is real. I'm in here. Yo, eternity in heaven, that sounds lit. I'm in here. And we remember the dude we talked about last week. Remember the dude that he went up to Jesus and he said, I do not know you. But he said, yo, but I'm here every week and I cast out demons in your name. And I'm freeing people from demons and I'm doing miracles. Let me in the gates. And he's like, listen, I don't know who you are. Maybe he was chasing a place and not a person. Maybe he was trying to get to heaven and not trying to get to the person who lives there. Maybe he's just trying not to get to hell, but he's not looking at the focus. Next point, heaven is not our promotion, Jesus is. We are not promoters of heaven. We're promoters who's going to be, I love Revelation. Can we throw it up? There's a man named John. John was taken up into the air. God said, write everything you see. This is what he wrote. The main street of the city was pure gold. Man, we're not going to heaven for the streets, y'all. But it's going to be lit. Translucent as glass. But there was no sign of a temple. Keep it right there. There's no temple in heaven. A temple is the place you come to worship, to sacrifice, to give everything you have. There's no temple in heaven. Why? Because God is all over the place. And the temple is right where you are at. You can bow down right where you are at and be in the complete presence of God. There's no temple. So people say, I want to go to heaven. I'm going to come to church. You're missing the point. You're chasing the place. You're not chasing the person. Next verse. Man, this is crazy. This is what heaven's going to be like. Come on. The sovereign, strong, and the lamb are the temple. The city does not need a sun or moonlight. God's glory is its light. Heaven will not need no sun. Heaven will not need no moon because God is there. His glory lights up the place. So, man, if you've been promoting heaven, I want to let you know heaven without God is a dark area. If you've been promoting heaven, listen, without the person, it's just a weird place. Without the person, you're promoting a place that has no power. We are on a fork in the road, y'all, because we have the truth. Without Jesus, you're not really living. Man, don't talk about heaven or hell. Talk about Jesus. I'm not going to scare you into Jesus. I'm not going to scare you into I'm never going to stand up here and talk about hell and preach it from the way that you should come to Jesus so you don't get burned. Because what are you chasing, a person or a place? Man, I know that was so graphic. We're rocking out. Tell the person next to you we're rocking out. Tell them we're rocking out. Come on, tell the neighbor next to you we're rocking out tonight. It's getting a little deep. Death to Jesus isn't death. It's an opportunity. Heaven is not our promotion. Jesus is. Last point tonight is this. Am I desperate for life? It's a question. I'm asking the band to come up. Am I desperate for life? This is a question you have to write down. Again, the sermon series ends, but your perspective on life and living and preaching the gospel, the good news, to everyone you know, that doesn't stop where you're at. You have to ask yourself a question. Am I desperate for life? Let's keep reading. This is amazing. Verse 27 
It says this, yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said this, Lord, if you have been there, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Jesus saw what was going on. Jesus had a perspective on everything that was going down, and he wept. I have a question for you. Are you desperate for life? Are you desperate to see dead people raised to life? And I'm not talking about physically, but I'm talking about spiritually. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about emotionally. People being brought from death to life. I'm going to just do a little bit of reading, but I want this to touch you in the deepest parts of your heart. These are some facts. Listen, people every day are dying without knowing who Jesus is. Does that hurt your heart? Come on, does this strike you somewhere? People are turning to drugs to replace the God-shaped hole that's inside of them. They're trying to fill it up. They're trying to fill it up. And these people are hurting. There are young people, y'all, people you walk by every day, people that you talk to, people you don't know, they are cutting themselves, y'all. Some of y'all in here are cutting yourselves, and you're hurting each other. Does that hurt anybody in here? And I'm not trying to get emotional, but listen, Jesus wept when he saw what was going on. Are you desperate for more life? Are you desperate to see people raised to life? People are so confused about their sexuality and about their identity. They're, they're clinging to what the world says is okay and right, and they end up worse than how they actually were. People are so lost, and people are in a harsh world, and people are cling, clinging to all the wrong things. People are hurt, y'all. What are we going to do? And I want to talk about a little story once. I went to a lake once. Um, we were swimming at a lake, and I, I love to swim. Anybody love to swim? I think I'm a mermaid. I go to the bottom, and I just push off. And I do a little bit of this. I do a little, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like a fish. I love to swim. Um, I remember, I, I like get lost. I get lost. Like, if we go into a river or a lake or a pool or beach, I get lost. Like, yo, where's John? Where'd he go? I'm gone, like, in the corner. I went to a lake once. Um, everybody's to the left. I go way right. I'm talking, like, way right. And um, there's a rope, actually, in the lake that borders off where you can't swim anymore. It was a border. It's a rope. You guys ever seen that? With, like, the little buoy thing on it, whatever. So it's, like, all the way around. I go all the way to the rope. I'm having fun with the rope, you know? And then I swim to the furthest edge of the rope. So I'm telling you, I'm having mad fun. Like, I'm by myself, like a little mermaid. I'm all the way on the right side. And this is where it's a little bit shallow. So it's shallow, and there's rope, and I'm having so much fun. And I hear, like, like, I'm like, what the? Jesus. So I get back down, and I get up, and I'm like, what is going on? I look to my right. And there is a little boy, probably like two years old. His arms are wrapped around the rope like this. His feet are up and his head is underwater. And no one is around. Like, it's just me. I'm, remember, I, I go. Like, I just go. It's me and him. There's more rope, shallow. I'm guessing he came from the shallow and found the rope and he couldn't swim anymore. This kid is under the water. Like, picture, like a little black boy, so cute. It's like a little baby Trey Songs. He's looking at me. 
I love black babies. I'm sorry. I'm like the guy version of Angelina Jolie. So I'm, I'm looking at, he's looking at me and his eyes, like he's, you ever seen someone cry underwater? You can notice they're crying, but there's water everywhere, so it's kind of hard. He's crying. Like, I see his face. He's crying. So I'm looking up. Yo, I like, I, I saw what was happening. I looked around, and then I helped the kid up. I pick him up. He, like, vomits all the water out. Ah! You know what I mean? Like, one of those. Like, you ever get slapped so hard, you forget to scream? They're like, ah! you know what I mean? That's what happened to him. I raised him up from the water. He throws the water. I go, ah! And I'm holding his baby like Simba. Like, whose child is this? Oh, my God. I'm going to fight this person. So the lady comes. She goes, oh, there he goes. So she grabs him. I'm like, miss, he was about to die. He good. She's like dragging him. He good. I was like, I guess it happens all the time. He could actually swim. I didn't know he could actually swim. And I remember, like, yo, I saved a life. Like, wow, I just did that. Cool. I love. I saw what was happening, and then I helped him. I saw what was happening. I looked at the situation, and then I helped him. You see. Sometimes we don't know how to help somebody who's drowning. And my thing is, maybe you're not even seeing it the way that God sees it. Man, we're praying for God's presence. And we're praying for God to use this. But man, I think we got to pray for some vision. I think we got to pray for some vision to see areas that are actually full of death and see an opportunity to bring life in that situation. The little things. The little things. You notice someone is just always down to themselves. Man, that's a big thing. You notice that someone's always like, you know, like flinching, like clinging to the corners of the room. And man, the first thing you gotta ask of God, can I have vision? Can you give me the ability to see how you see? And then the second thing is, so I saw and then I helped. Had a heart to help. Listen, some of us see the need, but we don't have the heart to help. Some of us see some broken people and we just don't have the heart to do anything. Some of us see the need and we see what's going on, but some of us, man, and me including sometimes, someone to reach out to that person, someone to do it, somebody's praying for them, someone to invite them to church one day. And man, we gotta ask for, for vision and we gotta ask for God's heart. One of my favorite songs, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Do you know what you're asking for? Like Jesus showed up to a funeral with a mission, with tears in his eyes. Jesus wept about what's going on in the scene. Man, God wants to bring some people in your life alive. And I want everyone to stand up. We're about to finish off. But check this out. There is an opportunity for you to bring more life every day of every second of your life. Let's start to sing. I'm going to ask the worshipers to come up. And I believe tonight is going to end at the altar because it started at the altar. And what I want to help y'all in, man, can we make a prayer really quick? If anybody here wants to pray for new vision, and this is a conversation we're having tonight. If you want God to help you out with some vision, if you feel like you've been walking blind to the people that are broken in your life, if you feel like you've been walking blind to all the areas that need help, can you shoot your hand up if you want to ask God for new vision in this season of your life? Just shoot your hand up right where you're at. 
Come on, God, I need some vision. God, I need some eyes. God, I need to see how you see. God, because you, if you saw what I saw, you would be weeping with the mission. But God, I don't see it. Can you help me see it? With every hand lifted up that you need some new vision, let's all pray. Come on, if your hand's up, I want you to pray. Jesus, I love you. Come on. Jesus, I pray for everyone with their hand lifted up. God, that you give us new and fresh vision, God, to see our family the way that you see it, to see our school bus the way that you see it. God, people are drowning every day. People are trying to survive every single day. God, can you give us vision? I believe if your hand is up, God is giving you authority right now. Come on, he's renewing your eyesight. He's giving you new vision. Come on, if, if that was you with your hand up for new vision, can you look at me? I remember once I got into my car and it was so foggy. I'm driving with foggy windows. It was the worst thing ever. Have you ever driven with foggy windows? So scary. Scariest thing ever. I'm trying everything, right? The window wipers, put the heat, put the cold, what's going on? I'm about to jump on the windshield and just put body on it. I could not see anything. And I remember this moment, man, the loudest I've ever heard God before. He said, listen, John, you're doing life. Listen, John, you're moving, but you can't really see things for how I want you to see them. Because you got some foggy windows, and only I can fix it. I remember it blatantly, man. Anybody feel like that foggy windows? Man, God wants to wipe your windows today, and he wants you to see things differently. Come on. If that was you that wanted vision, raise your hand one more time. God, we pray for these people, for the family here. God, that you wipe our windows clean, God, to see the environments the way you see them. Because more life sermon series stops. God, my eyes open up wider. God, because I'm walking in this new world, God, with new vision, may I approach dead and run away from anything else. In the name of Jesus, I pray amen and amen. If that was you, come on, can we make some noise for all the people that were honest enough to say, I need some vision.